Podcasting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing the science of a podcast, hosted by Spreaker from iHeart. This weekly podcast looks at the many sides of the podcasting industry, from success, growth, and technology to the varying challenges we all face. This is one podcast about podcasting you don't want to miss. New episodes launch every Tuesday. Listen to the science of a podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whatever. (laughs) That's loud. Sing along if you know the words. Everybody, what's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 117 for December 8th, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B. Coming hey. to New Jersey. What's happening, Stevie? Oh, nothing. Are you still eating? Or did you finish? No, I'm, I'm finished. You're fin- that was quick. Wow. I'm fast. I told you, I'm wolfing it down. That is, that is some serious wolfing. You, you ever see a wolf eat? That you done did. No, I don't think so. I probably I have, I guess. Quickly. On, on Google t- it. On, on TV. <laughs> I've seen a wolf eat. Um, Maybe on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? I don't think I've ever seen that show. Join us live now. Oh, no. I could say join us live now, but nobody's hearing me say that, which is... Dumb, but I did just type that, so. <laughs> I typed it on. Live in, now, no one. In the CBC group, I typed it. But nobody ever does. I don't care. Oh, Chonk is here. He's, I was, he, was just going to say, dude, don't count out Chonk. Chonk's here on time, and he says, howdy, boys. He's uh, he's more southern now because he's in. Howdy, he's, Chonk. He's in Memphis. How y'all doing? He's in Memphis, so he says words like howdy. Y'all and boys, howdy, boys! How is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I am in such a good mood today. I was gonna say, dude, what's new and exciting in Steve Land? I'm just in such a good mood. I feel like I am on the the brink of some major things in my life and my career. Well, career is part of my life, isn't it? In my life, I just feel full of joy and gratitude. I am really enjoying the holiday season, which I try to do every year. I I, I look forward to it every year, I'll say. But, you know, some years it's not great. Two years ago, my mom was sick and passed away, so that wasn't the best holiday season. But um, (laughs) Chuck said, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. So he's, he's... the, pol- the <laughs> proper, pol- the proper polite Southern. That would be yes, Mister Mister Ma'am, Mister Mister Ma'am, Miss Ma'am, and Mister Sir. I don't know, Mister Man, Mister Man. Yeah, in the South they address. Uh, I don't know if in, in Tennessee, but in in Louisiana anyway, they address. Uh, many people address people with the uh, salutation and the first name. So down here you would be Mister Tony, not Mister Biner. That- but that's funny because when I moved to my neighborhood 16 years ago, I didn't. All the kids were little, you know, like uh, 
under 10, all the kids on my block, you know? So there's a whole caravan of young kids. So when we all introduce the neighbors and stuff, they're like, well, what do you want to be called? You know? So I, I have, you know, my neighbors all pick their names. And my name was Mr. Tony. Oh, okay. There you go. Because people couldn't say Beinart. Kids couldn't say Beinart or B. Well, I'd make them if, we, if they had to, but, you know, make it was them. easier just to say, hey, Mr. Tony. You'd make them. You would choke them like Homer chokes Bart Simpson. Choke them out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me, kid. No, but I also had a buddy of mine. We used to work in construction when I was a teenager, at late teens, and he, he used to call him Mr. Tony. He'd always roll up. He'd say, well, good morning, Mr. Tony. Yeah, I kind of like that. I like the salutation with the first name. I like that. Yes, I do too. So, so, so from I, now on, yeah, you will address me as Mr. Tony. Mr. Tony. Mr. B. I, I like Mr. No, B, Mr. though. Mr. B, Mr. B. B B to B, Mr. B, show me a beat, Mr. B. Hey, do you have um, jingle bells over there in your arsenal of percussion instruments? I I do. Play me some jingle bells. Is it within reach or no? No, it's not within reach. But I have a full fledged, you know, handheld set of jingle bells. Okay. I'll break them out. All right. Break now them that out I know before. They're... Yeah, before Christmas. Yeah. We got now that I know they're requested, I'll I'll get them ready for next episode. Yes, we got two two more episodes before Christmas. So. So one of those. I love the jingle bells. I love the the songs that utilize the jingle bells. I'm a, I'm really a sucker for holidays and tradition, holiday traditions, and and the music and the lights and the colors and the the, the cold weather and the snow, which we don't get here. But um, but the mu- I love the music that uses that. You know the ching ching ching. There you go. I knew you would get it while I was talking. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, that's it, man. That's that sound. That's great. Um, and there's so so many variations, Steve. What is that? That's my Christmas song to you. Oh, okay. No, there you go. What? Oh, okay. It's Santa Claus, everybody. Wow, Santa, I can't believe you made it to the CBC Wisdom Hour. Santa, you must be really busy right now this time of year, huh? How's it going? He just flew by and waved. He's not stopping. Oh, jeez, I thought I was going to get an exclusive interview with Santa Claus here. Me too, but Uh, he bailed. Jeez. I don't think he was throwing me the finger. I think he was waving. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's too busy now, but... I should try to interview Santa in July when he's not busy. Exactly. Look him up. Look him up in January. He'd be probably hanging out. In, well, in January, I think he's resting because that's a long. That's a long. That's what I mean. He's just be hanging out. It's a lot of work. It's a long night. I don't. I don't think right now he's doing a lot of work because I think he's just kind of, you know, receiving emails and letters. But I don't know if he gets as many letters anymore as emails. He probably gets more emails than letters. I think he's doing a lot of delegating. He's doing delegating. Yeah, but he's able to do that, you know, for the com- from the comfort of his home in the North Pole with Mrs. Claus making some food in the kitchen, and you know yep. he's and it's the elves that are hard at work right now. But you know, come Christmas Eve, that's a that's a long night. You know, you got you're going around the world to every house in one night. That's a lot. I mean, you got to be lightning fast at delivering that's those. A lot packages. of last mile warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> 
that are being bypassed. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody and somebody noted that you know, Santa like in any TV show or movie, whatever, he'll stop at a house and th- does something at that house and then he gets in a sleigh and he flies away. He doesn't go to the next house. <laughs> no, he's got he zigzags, you know. <laughs> he must be zigzagging. He's he must be so fast at that that he could like drop off presents at a house like your house, then fly down to my house and then go back to your neighbor. Just like lightning speed, dude. The reindeer need their exercise, man. You know, jumping from roof to roof is not not good for them. It's like you know, it's like driving in cross town traffic. It's not good for your car. Right. So they need to get to up yeah, to like highway, highway speed. Highway, exactly. Hmm. I never considered that. I never get to see him. You know, I've seen, I've seen the tracker. I watch the tracker. You know where he is, but I've never actually. He's so fast that you can't, you can't even see him. And no, like, and lot. he's eating all those uh, cookies too. I'm drinking the milk. Did your did your oh. folks do that for you, for when you were a kid? Oh yeah, put the oh, cookies yeah. and milk out. We, we always leave, used to leave out. Uh, and it was my kids too. You know, we used to leave out snacks and you leave out carrots for the reindeer. You know, or a <laughs> carrot for the reindeer. Okay, wait, one carrot for and, all all eight reindeer. Yeah, well, you know, my, <laughs> we're putting a bushel of carrots on the counter. Usually it would be like, here's three cookies, you know, because that that's what my father would always say. He would say, well, come on. What do you think? He only stops here? Like he's got to, you know, it's carrots everywhere. Like his, his you know, he may not even take it if, they're, if the deer aren't hungry. You know, it depends on what part of the journey he's at. Right. You know, how hungry they are because if every house is leaving gifts, you know, and, and stuff to eat, they're not just nonstop eating. But he always ate our, you know, he always ate the carrot and always had, you know, the cookie and the milk was always gone. Yeah, that that was for me too. Yeah, and uh, we had a fireplace. There was always the ashes on the floor from him coming in and out. You know. Oh really? See, I didn't have a fireplace. Oh yeah. In my house, growing up, we, uh, you know, he came through the front door, and I would always tell you know remind my parents make sure you leave the door unlocked. They'd be like, yeah, okay, you know. Yep. Because you know that's how we had to get in. We had a, a a fake fireplace when I was really young. It was like made out of cardboard. Okay, right, sure. And uh, but he couldn't come down that because there was no chimney. It was just a fireplace. Right. But uh, you know, someday. Well, that's the spirit, brother. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I, I'm listening to Christmas music every day. Uh, I picked this week. I, I'm doing for the video of the week. I'm picking Christmas songs for uh, the remainder of. Before Christmas, so that'll be there'll be two more. Um, the one I did this week, dude. This band it's called First to Eleven, and they're from Erie, Pennsylvania. And my goodness, are they good, dude? They are ridiculously good. This band, and I'll tell you a little bit about them. The the, the band leader, um, and shame on me, I forget his first name. Uh, but I, I I spoke to him in email. Um, a couple of days ago, I actually, I, I had put up a post a few weeks ago about just cause I was fr- getting frustrated and I put up a post about, uh, uh, the fact that I was getting frustrated that nobody was listening to me basically <laughs> every once in a while that happens. Uh, but this guy, Ryan, okay. Ryan Krisiak or Krisiak is his last name. He posted on there. Hey, you know, dude, just to let you know, um, uh, that this, this, uh, group encouraged me to do some things and about four and a half years ago we started filming we started doing videos and I you know 
And he, he alluded to the fact that he picked up tips from me and or the group. And now his YouTube page with this band has uh, 200 videos and almost 1 million subscribers. Wow. In four years. That's yeah, it's big. Tremendous, man. And um, so the great thing about this guy, Ryan, is he's 35 and he, he, he runs a school for music. Uh, and it's not School of Rock. It's his own music school. And the people in this band, first to eleven, are uh, were his students, or are still his students. And he's been teaching them for ten years since they were nine and ten years old. And uh, so he has a uh, guitar player, a uh, drummer, and a singer. The singer's a girl, and the two other two are guys. And they're twenty twenty years old, and the girl's nineteen, I believe, or one of them is nineteen. And Two of the others are 20 now. So he's been teaching them for 10 years. And my goodness, are they good, man. They are just, uh, they have this young spirit, energy, fire. And they, they do a ton. Of, they've done seven albums of covers. Um, wow. Yeah. And like, you know, 12 songs or 14 songs for, per album. So they, And their videos are high production value, high quality. They pick great songs, and they have they have fourteen different Christmas songs alone that they've done. And uh, so I featured um, "Underneath the Tree," which is a Ke- Kelly Clarkson original from twenty thirteen, but it's still you know a relatively new song and n- not easy to sing. Kelly Clarkson's got a monster voice, um, yeah. and and this girl nails it. The band nails it, but they're heavy. They play like they play kind of like Foo Fighters. Uh, in the way they they redo the songs, um, that's the closest I can the analogy. They have that you know just the heavy, riffy kind of songs, and yep. and uh, so good, man. And I, it's so inspiring to me to see something like that. Like this guy, you know, he took these you know takes these kids under his wing since they were you know little kids, nine and ten years old, little kids, and teaching them how to play music. And look at them now, and they're still freaking young and imagine the possibilities of what these kids can accomplish right. um I, I just it warms my heart man i love seeing stuff like that so i was really psyched to feature that this week um so i wrote up the article which you can see at com if you like to check that out it's underneath the tree by first to 11 um so cool man so cool and so they did recent mostly recently they did god rest ye merry gentlemen uh, cover and that to me is really the best one out of everything. They just kill it. I've watched that video twelve times already. Um, so good. The arrangement, the way they they recorded the, the way they put that song together, and it's heavy, you know. So it's, it's unique. Really good, man. Uh, and that's what you posted this week. That's what I. That was my video of the week for this week. So it was uh, nice. published on Monday. Sunday. I share it on Monday. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Christmas music and and uh, and digging it, man. I, every year, I love it. I love. So is the first to eleven a reference to the music school, like first grade through eleventh grade? That's a good question. I don't know. I didn't ask him that. I or are they the first to push it past ten to eleven? See, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that it's more like that. Gotcha. They were the first to go. These go to eleven. They were the first ones to actually to actually go there. Actually go there. 
because no amps, despite Nigel Tufnell's request in yes. 1984, was that movie Spinal Tap? Um, yeah, but the, and yeah, regardless of his his display in that movie, they never have made Marshall amps that go to 11. To my knowledge, maybe they have. Chalk, maybe you can tell me if if any any amp companies have actually. I think someone has gimmick, you know, as a gimmick, made a volume knob that goes to eleven. Yeah. Okay. You know why it's good? I do recall seeing that somewhere. I believe. You know why eleven going to eleven is good? Why? Because it's one more than ten. Yeah. You know, when you're just in your plane, you get to that. Dude, you got it at ten, and you 10. feel like it can't go anymore. Go to eleven. And Rob Reiner says, "Well, why don't you just make ten one louder?" Nigel's chewing right. his gum. These go to eleven. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in so long. I really should watch that again. Spinal Tap. Yeah, you forget all the good parts until you see it again. You know, like you remember a bunch, but there's other parts you forget. Yeah. When's the last time you saw it? Nineteen eighty-four. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 seriously. I, I may have seen bits or pieces of it, you know, over the years, like in passing if it was on something, but I had never watched it in its entirety after the first time. Wow. Did you get it the first time? Yeah, I did. Did you? Because I, I did not at all. Because we used to, well, I don't know if I really got it as much as like we used to use some of the commentary. Like we would see other bands at venues, you know, and they weren't direct good. We would say like, merely a two-word review. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it at all. I remember specifically when I watched it too. I watched it at my friend Rob Steele's house, and it was snowing, and we were drinking Jack Daniels straight out of the bottle, which we often did at at, at Rob's house. Um, but I, and Rob lived close to me, close enough where I could walk to his house and in, in the snow, and I was old enough. I guess eighty four, so I was like sixteen, seventeen. Um, well, it came out, I guess it must have been a little later because we watched it on TV, so it came out on cable. It was probably on HBO at that time. And I rem- I didn't know really anything about it. I didn't know that it was a, a mockumentary type of thing. I thought it was like a real band. I, <laughs> okay. So, like, I had no background information, and I watched it. And it might have been because I was drinking Jack Daniels, and I didn't, and that just fried my brain cells. But Maybe. But I, I didn't. I just didn't understand it at the first time. I'm like, wait, wait, are these guys serious? They made an album with the. It's just black, and they didn't put the name on. Like, why would why would they do that? They actually made Stonehenge, and they made it six inches instead of six feet, or, or <laughs> nine inches, or whatever it was. <laughs> dancing around the midgets and dancing around it. But then, then what was that? But then, of course. Later, I understood it, and then I watched it many, many times since. And I remember people saying back then that, like, the further you go in the industry, the, the funnier this is. And that has has held up to be true. Um, although I don't, I think there was a point where it stopped because, I mean, how much further am I getting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 84 because I remember Van Halen album came out that year. Okay. And then I remember we were playing, uh, you know, an, an original band back in back at that time. Yeah, 
Yeah. And a couple cover bands, too, because we were playing Battle of the Bands at the high schools, you know? Yeah, I never did that. At high oh, school. no? Not at high school. Not at high school level, no. I don't remember them having Battle of the Bands. They, no, they... I don't think there was a battle of the bands thing at my high school. I think they did have like band shows. I kind of vaguely remember that, but yeah, we used to have band shows, but I distinctly remember playing multiple battle of the bands with my friend, Chris Ledun, who's Gary Sharon's cousin from extreme. Oh, cool. And he's a guitar player, super talented guy. And, uh, played, played a variety of, of, acts with him it was a different band every year i think we did it three years and we won every year but it was it was a yearly event they'd sold tickets you know like all your friends went it was packed auditorium right and there was only you're only allowed to use one drum set you know because there was not enough time to switch over sure. so i brought i always brought my mega kit and we used that and everyone played on it and i remember there was one year one kid was lefty <laughs> and he, we, and we had to like switch the ride symbol form, but he had to play like open-handed hi hat. Yeah, he was just it was the one, one year just one off. Uh, but it was it was great. We used to have so much fun, dude. Yeah, I was. I just I started kind of late as far as playing in bands. I wasn't really in high school. I wasn't really in. I was in a band, but not good enough to go play a gig. Like, we were just playing in a garage. It wasn't until after high school that I was really more more took off. But but quickly, you know, kind of after high school, I started getting on it. Ramped up pretty quickly to, uh, you know, to rock star level. <laughs> Local rock star level. Anyway. Um, boy, did that get to my head quickly. I learned a lot of shit back then, man, or or because of that, because of oh yeah, because um, because uh, we were pretty we were pretty successful, you know. I'm talking about Xire, the band with Neil, and uh, I let that get to my head, and you know, because I was young and and I was getting a lot of attention from all these girls, and I was like, uh, all right, <laughs> here we go. Back in the day, yeah. did some things that there was a good scene back in the day. You know, like it used to fluctuate between cover and original. You know, back and forth. Yeah, because I for a good stretch of time there, there was you know it was all original bands. You know, and they and playing everywhere. You know, all the big rooms like Cricket Club, the Rec Room, Rock the House. You know, uh, Studio One. Uh-huh. You know, there was not a lot of cover activity do you recall that like because xr was original band you know do, yeah. do you remember those those days i i don't remember a lot of cover bands back then no i i remember that there were cover bands but there wasn't like a cover band scene you know it was the scene correct the scene there was, original, was original, there was bands. original band exactly it was an original band scene like did you ever play mike wilson's christmas extravaganza at the cricket club where he'd have like 30 no. bands no i don't think i ever played cricket club Oh, that I was might a great have. I, yeah, I mean, I I know I was I'd been there, but I don't think I ever played there. Um, we played there a few times. They had a downstairs room, and then they had the upstairs, which was like the main room, you know, with when the bigger bands would play. 
and we played upstairs. I remember we 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 played upstairs you know, quite a few times. We used to videotape it. It was just a sea of people. That place used to pack people in, man. It was like the an original, all original bands, you know. Yeah, yeah. We talk about the old days a lot. Yeah, but it's just like interesting that. how it went from, like you said, back to covers, you know. And now, you know, it's uh, you know, it it the tide turns many times, but yeah. Yeah, we're in a crazy tide turn turning time now. Oh yeah, tide turning time. Um, tide turning still, time. Uh, speaking of, I I, mean, I played over the weekend. I played Saturday night, and, and that. I'm sorry. And how was it? You know, crowd wise and gig wise, and do tell, Steve. I will do tell. It is. It was uh, a bar. I had never been there before, but a bunch of the the local. Uh, scene, it's funny because there is kind of a scene outside of the French Quarter, out of outside of New Orleans, and some a lot of the musicians are people who have played on bourbon or uh, um, play a lot on bourbon or play a little on bourbon or just or or, or mostly are people that are natives of this area, and uh, there are a few places that they that there's a, a certain there's a handful of bands that are playing out of fairly regular basis right now. I would say like seven or eight different bands of note that are playing in basically four different venues. On Bourbon Street? No, outside of Bourbon Street, outside of the outside. French Quarter in like the Metairie area. So, um, uh, And one of the places is the Whiskey Cowboy, which is where we played on Saturday. And it's a bar. The, the stage, there is an actual like stage area you know that that is up, elevated a little bit above ground level, and that, when I say a little bit, I mean like six inches. But it's you know, a, it's a step an, up. It's a step up, but it's a, but it's an obvious stage area, and it's big. It's really deep. It's a really uh, like it's one of the deepest stages that I've played on. Definitely here. Um, I, I mean, it's a good from the t- from the front lip to the back of the drums to that wall is probably 30 feet at least about that. Wow. Yeah, so that's a good distance. Um which was cool because uh we had, you know, keyboards and and guitar which were stage l- stage right and I was on stage left by myself and I had all this room. And I was able to kind of wander around and go over by the guitar player and jam out with the guitar player sometimes, which I would never really do on Bourbon Street because there's just no no room on stage to to move around like that. So it was kind of cool to have all that space. Um, There were a good amount of people came, you know, a lot of people we know, a lot of our friends, you know, between everybody in the band, we, we know a good amount of people here. So, and people are clamoring to get out. Um, you know, I know people are upset, would be upset about this, but nobody was social distancing. There were nobody, nobody was wearing a mask. Uh, it was like alternate universe inside. It was like COVID doesn't exist in here, in this bar. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, I guess. Uh, and again, it's how I feel about it. Like, I need to, I need to work. Um, and I, I, I can't, I can't make anybody else there to, you know, wear a mask. And right. I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily sit in judgment of them either because I understand 
But did staff have to wear masks? No, they weren't wearing masks, which which I was surprised about that. But but they were like the bar itself was far enough. It was a big enough bar where you're kind of like you're still at least like three feet away from the bartender. You know, it's not six feet, but but of course they're handling your drinks too. Um, yes. So there's that. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, but overall, I had a great time. I loved playing. Um, uh, you know, I just I love to play, and it's it's nice to play with that band. Uh, the, our, our regular drummer wasn't there for m- most of the night. He had a, a, a other thing, but he'd stop by later, and he jumped up and got played a couple songs. Um, so we had a sub guy, but but a sub guy that we all know that has played on Bourbon forever, and um, and I played with him a few times, and and he's real good, so. Uh, so no worries there. Um, nice. We there was a lot of alcohol. Drunk. Drank. Drink. Imbibed drink by the band or by the patrons? Yes. <laughs> Both. Yeah, because Tracy early on said, "Well, the band likes Fireball," so we basically had Fireball shots coming up all night. Oh, that can get rough, man. Mm-hmm. It did, in fact. I mean, rough because it's better. Dude, not to interrupt you, but the the night that I gig played with you, when I remember you said the last week, remember you like, oh, it was you know four years ago, yeah. however, four years ago when uh, you had come down, right? Mm-hmm. Well, before that, in the spring, we had gone to Atlanta to Georgia to uh, the seminar thing, and we had gone out to a bar. And the the guys I was with, they approached the bartender, and they were like, you know, we need to buy a bottle of Fireball. And the guy's like, no, we don't do that, you know? So all things have a price. They negotiate. They talked about it. Got got a bottle of Fireball. Big bottle. You know what I mean? How much much did he pay? I think he paid like 65 bucks. (laughs) And, but... Then he went to the DJ booth and he told them to announce to come see the old guy with the Fireball free shots. And he proceeded to go around the bar and give everyone free shots of Fireball. Then after that bottle was gone, went and bought another bottle. And then the guy was like, I see what's going on now. You know, and he's like, because the guy was wanted to make it worth his while. You know, he's like, I know you're going to give them away for free. So right. I have to sell it. You know, I'm going to lose the money that I would make from, from so selling was the it, shot. So was it $100 the next time? Yeah, I think it was like 80 bucks the next time. <laughs> uh, well, that seems fair. But. We got it though, you know. But it, it was fun. You become very popular very quickly. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. At, at a... but anyway, so you're saying rough, but I, so the point was it was a rough. Night. Well, it wasn't. No, I mean it was. There was a lot of alcohol consumed, and no, and and you know, I was one of the consumers, but uh, you know, it didn't, yeah, not, not not rough like it got out of hand. It was, but I, you know, I drank my fair share. No, I meant rough like Fireball. Sometimes it can get sickening after a while, or it's just it's like a. Oh, no, nah, Fireball is is my shot of choice. Nice. Yeah, because it's it's. I mean, it's it's not good. It's it's probably burning the inside of my stomach lining every time. Um, and Allegedly, like, and maybe my esophagus too. Um, but it is tasty. It's cinnamon whiskey. Fireball, cinnamon whiskey. Fireball. 
We should be sponsored by Fireball. I should give them a call. I, I mean, considering how much Fireball I have had in my lifetime, they owe me. You should be invested in that company. They owe me. I'm going to get in touch with them. Uh, it's actually not a bad idea. Because um, I used to drink tequila. That used to be, when I was up in Jersey, I don't know if you remember, but but because I would do it at, at drink only at gigs though like it, it wasn't like I was getting bottles of tequila and drinking at home or sitting on the porch and playing acoustic <laughs> guitar and drinking tequila a flask in your car <laughs> a flask walking around with a brown paper bag uh, no it would just be at gigs but um, you know and I did it with the training wheels is what they called it with the salt and the lime you lick the salt you do the shot you suck the lime oh yeah, yeah. Uh, tequila um, on the rocks is good yeah and, you know, when I was playing once a week or twice a week or even three times, well, not three times, but if I was playing like, because usually in Jersey I wasn't playing more than twice a week. I think you and I did tequila shots at the Orange Lantern. I'm sure we did. I'm, I would say definitely positive that that happened. I, I believe it was the first gig that we played. <laughs> Maybe. And I, again, I would say you're absolutely right. I, when you just said Orange Lantern, that just the whole vibe of Orange Lantern shot into my body in one <laughs> one second. The memory, the feeling of the Orange Lantern, and I, I know a lot of people out there are, or most, if not everybody out there, is not going to know what we're talking about. But it, it was this venue in Paramus, New Jersey, had bands all the time on weekends. Uh, it was a bar, it was a restaurant. They had the dartboard area. It was a big bar. Um, and uh, uh, a little dance floor area in between the bar and the and the kind of seating area uh, where the dartboard was, and there were tables. You know, people could get food. Um, but there's just there was a feeling of you, you know. You, do you know what I was talking about? How that place felt to you? Oh, dude, I know exactly what you're saying because you're leaving out it, but you're leaving out some information. It was okay. a giant venue with like a shoebox size stage. Yeah, yeah. The, the stage was behind the railing. Small, behind the railing, right? And there was like an entrance in the, in the middle you could just barely fit through. Mm-hmm. And then off to the left was the house PA in quotes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> was left in shambles from whatever. Band Wasn't was it there. like on the wall? There like was, yeah, there was no no. It was like a rack that was built into the wall. Right, the right. The stage. Yeah. But it, like. Whatever band was there, like there was no supervision, so you'd get there and like stuff would be unplugged, routed wrong, like you know, you, and there was no sound guy, so right. if you didn't know how to do sound, you were in trouble. Right. You know, because sometimes you'd get there and the whole board was unplugged, and the guy just be like, "Yeah, I don't know, so and so," but like, <laughs> right, it was here last right. night, they just unplugged everything. <laughs> right. Like, great, great, I, but I kind of. And by the way, when are you going on? Right. I feel like I remember bringing a PA there too sometimes but hang on and then the other thing was it was open until three o'clock or four o'clock yeah, I, was in the morning. Gonna, I was gonna get to that it was like that's yeah. one of the reasons why there was so much drinking there is because we it, it we that was the bar that opened stayed open the latest in that in that area and yeah literally yeah. Like it was three thirty in the so morning four two, o'clock in the morning so yeah, we played two a.m two a.m rush Yes, right. When every other bar closed, right? The 2 a.m. rush. Every other bar closed in the area, and everybody would come there, and it would get packed, and we'd still be playing. Like we, that was a four right. set, four set venue, or night, yeah. right? And you played till three or three thirty. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I remember playing till like two thirty, maybe, maybe three. But I remember it was four sets always. 
So by yeah, yeah. yeah so by two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, I'm freaking shit housed, like, <laughs> like drinking, because they. I right, mean, the place would get the place would get crazy packed, crazy packed, like, like the end of the night, like two a.m. Like every bar let out, everyone went there. So you know, you always saved your your best material for later. You know, when you knew that it was going to be jam packed. Right, that's so or funny. That land stuff too, because everyone that was showing up there was falling down drunk already. Right. But yeah, those are some of the best times I remember. That that two a.m. rush, man, that's so cool. And uh, yeah, yeah and, cause, and then you're yeah, and like you said, you're saving the material, the best material for them and the band if they're drinking. <laughs> then they they got a good buzz on, so they're loosey goosey, and and you know playing, and then then it gets packed, and then there's hot chicks and the, and they're dancing, and they like, and then you kind of that that's when you're going to, you're going to eleven. <laughs> that was that's a little throwback. Where? That's, where the, the girl came to sign the mailing list, and the Steve mailings. was being all slick, and he says to the girl, "So when do you do?" What? She says, "Doing what?" He's implying that she was pregnant. He's like, "So when do you do?" Oh, when do you do? Oh God! And she was like, "What, what am I doing? That's, what?" That's not a thing he's like, saying. You know, the, he's like, you know the baby. And she's like, "F you, a hole," and crossed her name off the mailing that's list. That's funny. <laughs> That's not a thing you say to a girl ever unless she first says that she's pregnant and doesn't tell you when she's that's not ever that's not something yeah, you ever say thing. no matter how obvious you think it is that they're pregnant because take me off this mailing list that I just signed up on Where's the Matt security? Where's the manager? My name's Karen. Sorry about that, Karen. How does your wife feel about that, the whole Karen thing? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, about people always using Karen as like the go-to name? Now Karen has become Uh, this name as as an insulting way to refer to a woman who is high maintenance and wants to talk to the manager and, you know, it's somebody that causes... now I feel you feel bad for people that are actually named Karen that aren't like that, like your wife. Yeah, no, I always remember Karen from every time like on ridiculousness where Rob Jr. would always be like when they would show like some big woman like pushing another woman and she'd be like, Big Karen coming through <laughs> And they would always comment and say, Why do you always say Karen? Or Brad was another one. Every time he says the guy's name it's always Brad. Brad. Watch out, Brad. Check out the brains on Brad. Brain on Brad. Not brains. He's got one brain. Uh, but yeah, the Orange Lantern. The, the, uh, the OL for people in the know there. The Orange Lantern. It was yes, called. the OL. The OL. You're playing the OL. We're, it's 2 o'clock. Everything's closed. Let's go to the OL. And they still were serving, serving food back that late, too. So oh, yeah. I always yeah. remember getting that the food there. I would you know order... Like order in the middle of the set or something, or or the beginning of one set, and then have it ready for me for the next break. Uh, but a lot of drinking. But back to the tequila. I I I am certain that I drank tequila with you because that was my shot of choice back then. And if and, and I know I drank shots at the OL, and I'm sure if it was the first night I played with you, I definitely drank shots. And oh yeah, probably not in the beginning because subbing, I would, I would always kind of go in straight, you know, maybe get a beer, but 
but not. You know, by second set, we were all settled in. Yeah, I mean, once, you know, especially if I don't really know the people in the band, if I'm going to sub, I'm not going to go in and get all shit-faced right away because that doesn't make a good first impression on people. And they generally... So guys, you <laughs> play. Yeah, but tequila, I, but I had to, once I moved here and I was playing five nights a week and... I was I was drinking tequila shots, but then I was drinking tequila shots every night. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't keep doing this. This is killing. I mean, it was killing my stomach. It was too much. Um, so oh, I yeah. so I switched. At first, I switched to Jägermeister, which um, didn't last too long because I don't. I just don't like the taste of Jägermeister. Um, it tastes like licorice, you know, and I don't like that. Yeah, it's like a root. Yeah, and so I I switched when Fireball. Because Fireball is a relatively new drink, I think. Um, but when it remember Goldschlager? Yeah, <laughs> I can't. That and Zambuca, I can't handle that. Cinnamon death stuff. Ugh. With actual gold, the gold flakes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I couldn't handle Goldschlager shots. Those were brutal. Brutal. Goldschlager and and uh, and Rumplemans. I couldn't handle either one of those. No. Buka's good on the rocks, not as shot. Sambuca, yeah. yeah but um, not, not as a shot. Jack Daniels, I cannot drink anymore. I can't even smell it and not get nauseous. Right. Yeah, Southern Comfort does that for me. Yeah, Southern Comfort's very sweet. That and absolute vodka, I can't smell or drink that. What? Vodka has no smell. No, absolute has a very distinct taste to it. Does it? Hmm. Yeah, and I got deathly ill as a teenager on Absolute and never, have never drank it since. Wow. Do you drink vodka, though? Oh, yeah. Just not Absolute? So you can really tell not the difference? Absolute. Oh, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Ah, that's clever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, they all have, you know, I would drink Grey Goose. I would drink Stoli. I would drink um, Tito's. Tito's is probably the 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 most tasteless of the vodkas. Tito's, you know I mean? yeah, Tito's down you, here is like the vodka du jour, right now. Yeah, because you can make it like a fifty fifty drink, and you don't even really taste it. Right. I see Tito. Like I go to Walmart, and there's like an entire end cap of Tito's vodka. It's just like like a hundred and fifty bottles of it on one display. Uh, so it, it, they definitely came out swinging, you know, and they took the market by storm. Yeah, I think two years ago. Was it two just or three two, years? Really? Okay. Yeah, it, it has. It's not that long. Huh. Yeah, yeah. The first I, time I heard about it was probably about that amount of time, and it was this guitar player I played with, and we, um, he would. That's what his shot was, Tito's. I was like, actually, it was if it was four years ago since I was down there when we played, then it's probably five years ago that Tito's came out. Okay, because we were drinking it. In the airport. Okay. What, what, and it was fairly new, so four or five years ago. Mm. Yes, but so, yeah, a lot of Fireball on Saturday night, and uh, uh, I hadn't had it really in a while, I guess since the last gig. Because, again, that's another thing. I don't, like at home, I don't drink shots, you know, I'm not going to. Like, <laughs> like, why would I, I do that? I got four couple shots over here. That's when, you know, that's when you know you have a problem. If you're drinking shots at home, just one after the other. Like, I mean, I drink. I drink wine, but, I, you know, I sip wine. I don't, don't you judge me, Steve, <laughs> with the phrase. Yeah. 
That's good. Um, yeah, shots are shots are definitely devastating, especially like you said when you would play. Like I remember, Lurker Park used to be like the shot kings, dude. They could they would drink so many shots. Lurker Park dog voices too. Yeah, like shot mania, and people would be buying them for them, buying them for them. They'd be lined up, you know, like sure. fifty shots, and they'd be drinking them all. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's when we were young and we could handle it. Yeah, when everyone was so hammered by the end of the night, it didn't matter if the band couldn't play anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Who else? Big Orange. So that, that's a good things. subject to broach for one of these uh, wisdom hours would be, you know, have you ever played in a band where someone got so annihilated that they either couldn't finish the gig, didn't finish the gig, left in the middle of the gig or made it through the gig but then was like you know passed out on the bar yeah I'm sure there's a lot of stories like that out there oh yeah um there was I, there was one time here when I ha- I was running a band here in New, New Orleans my band was called Saint Rock it was my band that I put together in, in a very short t- period of time and we played for a few years. Um, and there was one night I had this sub, uh, this girl subbing on vocals. And she showed up fucked up. Like, it, it, obviously. And then she's drinking. And, I mean, she was on something and drinking. I don't know what. But she was, and she was drinking to her in the course of the first it, you know, it was a weekend night, Friday night or Saturday night, so we were doing six sets. We were doing, like, three, take a break, do another three, at least. And uh, she was slurring. She was screwing up words. She was stumbling on stage. She was a mess. And I had to, when we were on break, I had to let her go. I had to said, that's it. I get, you have to go. I can't. I can't continue this night with you singing on stage because you're, and she, that was a hard, it was a, you know, a hard thing to do, but I, it, there was no choice for me. I didn't, I had to, it she was, it was just a mess. Um, and that, and then how'd you finish the night out? We, well, we had two singers, uh, which was the normal thing on a Friday or Saturday night to have two singers because, you know, six sets, that's a lot of songs. Um, so we just had the, the other singer finish the night and. And I guess I probably sang a couple, and the guitar player probably sang a couple. Um, but uh, not a fun conversation to have. And, you know, the reaction was, uh, yeah, I mean, she, sort of like she was surprised, but sort of, but accepted it relatively quick, quickly and didn't curse me out too much. She, she was just like, what? How, like, or almost like a what? How dare you kind of thing at first. Like, How dare you, Steve? Yes, and I was like, no, that, you know, that's it. You gotta go. I'm sorry, that's it. And you know, I just didn't, I, I didn't get uh, really engaged in too much conversation about it. I just, this is it. That's it. You're, you're done. Uh, but still, not fun to have to do that. Um, I, but in like the old, old days, I don't remember having to, anything like that happening, where anybody like. Couldn't finish. Is it? That's what your original question was. Like if they couldn't finish the gig, or if they're just passed out on the bar, right? 
Yeah. I don't remember ever even seeing that, really. I But I've seen people very, very drunk on stage. I can remember vividly playing... I was maybe 19, mm-hmm. and I was playing in a band where the guys were like 50. And we get to the gig. It's the first time I'm gigging with him. And as soon as I get there, the bass player's already... You can tell he's already kind of, you know, buzzing, right? Uh-huh. Not quite slurring his words, but you can definitely talk like, you know, a little bit like this, you know? Right. And he's like, let me help you carry your stuff in, man. I'm like, no, I got it, dude. I'm like, I'm good. He's like, no, nah, man, like, new guy. Like, well, I'll come help you. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't need your help. He's like, no, nah, let me help, man. Like, I got to help. I'm like, I don't need your help. He's like, I'm going to help anyway. So I'm like, oh. I, yeah. So, that sounds familiar. Before I can even stop the guy and tell him, like, listen, dude, seriously, just, like, you know, back up because I'm going to knock you out in a second. He gra- he picks up my cymbal bag, and somehow when he picks it up, the zipper opens on it, and he dumps it in the parking lot. Oh, my God. That must have been loud. <laughs> dude, it's mega loud. <laughs> and rolling away, like, wheels, you know what I mean? And, like, ding, 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 ding. Oh, God. And I'm just like, dude. I'm like, like I said, I don't need any help. He's like, oh, really sorry, dude. Goes inside. Then we're playing the gig, dude. Guitar player shows up, one dude, brand new amp. He's all excited. Dude, look, my new combo amp. Dude, check it out, man. Excellent. Got no stand, though, so it's just on the stage, you know, by itself, flat. We go in, we set up, you know. The the other guy in the band is giving the bass player, like, a stern talking to. Like, dude, like, you know, you, like because he can tell he's had some drinks, you know, before we even started, like, you know, setting up. I guess he was like drinking all day or whatever at a party or something somewhere else before the gig. Long story short, fast forward to the third set. He's been drinking the entire evening, you know, like steadily, like, you know, on the down low. He gets a pitcher of beer, brings on to the stage last set. He's like, I do this last set, but it doesn't matter. I can drink what I want. And he puts the pitcher of beer down on top of the guy's brand new amp. Oh, no. And we're on a riser. And we're playing like the slow blues tune. It's a do, 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 do. And he's got his head back, dude, his eyes closed, and he's stomping his foot. like. <laughs> and as he's doing it, the whole riser is shaking. And, dude, the pitcher was filled to the top. Like, he never even got a chance to fill his beer yet. And, dude, it's just it's just spilling all over Flashing. the damn. Yeah, it's flashing all over the place. And not like a little bit, dude, like a lot, right? Like it's foam, like the top of his amp is all foamy. And the guy's waiting, he's like, that's it, dude. Amps, no more sound coming out of the amp. The dude turns around, sees the amp, never forget his face. He like puts his hands up, he's like, oh my God. So he, he's, he screwed up his amp. Screaming. And lost Screaming all the beer. The bass player. Yeah, dumped out half the pitcher of beer is gone. The dude's amp is turned off. Gig is now over. That's great. Very stern talking to then follows. We gotta make a movie. We gotta make a movie uh, of, of this this stuff. Cause that's hilarious. <laughs> Never forget the sound it made. It wasn't like right. it was like <laughs> I love that sound. It's great. It's fantastic. 
because it was oh, like God. it was like that. It was like twenty dB louder than the band. You know, it was like like a transformer right. blows out. It just made that real loud hum, and then it was silence. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. I yeah, get this picture, picture of the whole thing. I I could see it like in a cinematic way, like with you know the focus in on the picture where it's it's splashing back and back and back and. And then zoom out and you see this dude headbanging and, and like stomping his foot. And, and you see the, the pitcher jumping up and down a little bit and moving on the. Yeah, definitely. Brand new ham dude maiden voyage. Oh, good. Right to the repair shop. That's good. We got to make a movie. The same guy, then the same guy used to have the van with the PA in it. And somehow when he was going to the diner after the gig with his with the other dude, when they were turning into the diner, Somebody like broadsided the van and spun him around, and the doors opened, and all the PA equipment oh, no. flew out of the van all over the highway. I <laughs> laugh <laughs> because I remember like the next gig, everything was like splintered and like screwed together, like this meat <laughs> came apart, like pieces of knobs were missing off stuff. Like yeah. big band aids. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like. Yeah. Oh, dude, funny, good times. Always not funny at the time, but. No, not, not funny at the time. I mean, I was only filling in with these guys, so it was just like, well, the, the next gig, I'm like, dude, what happened to the PA? Like, why is they all broken? Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, we need to make a movie. Something. Absolutely. I wish we had video cameras, man, when we were younger. I would have had some great footage. I'm glad, no, I'm glad we didn't. I'm, I'm glad there's a lot of stuff that I did in my life that I'm glad there's no record of <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, no, there, but there's. I just wish, like I said, especially at gigs, man. Since so many crazy, as you have, you see so many crazy things at gigs. I know people doing crazy stuff. Yeah. So, but but speaking of cinematic type things, I talked about it a little last week. I think I plan to do this Facebook Live thing, selling tickets. So it's come to oh yeah right yeah so it's come to the uh, the, the the idea now has morphed into doing a kind of a weekly show sort of like live from Daryl's house and uh, with a house band and then having different other musicians come in once a week and picking themes like uh, you know like they would do on other singing shows and stuff so like do a '90s week do a Beatles week do a jazz week and I know enough players in this town where I can get people each week and I've pretty much secured the house band. Um, I have the bass player or I'm sorry, I have the drummer, the guitar player and the keyboard player who also plays guitar, um, who all agreed to do it. And they are the people that I would pick, you know, the, the people that I did pick because those are the people that I would pick because I think they're, they're incredibly talented musicians, very hard workers, um, very versatile at their instruments uh, because you know we're going to have different styles and it's really going to actually kind of take a lot of work um, to you know probably do like a two hour show and how many songs two hour show maybe ten you know because there would be different things interspersed in between uh, interview stuff and whatever um, but uh, it, it's I, I'm tr- looking to bring in super talented people so these guys I know they're worth that work ethic all these guys and that's a reason I picked these guys um, specifically um, but because they're going to have to work at it 
you know, so I'm talking about like, you know, pro level shit, man. Like this is, I want to do, I'm doing a TV show essentially online. Um, so we're going to have the pro cameras, this guy, Nate, who I, I'm, I'm, I'm having lunch with him tomorrow and we're going to talk about location. We need to find a location. That's really the, the only missing, missing piece right now. Uh, and I don't have a bass player. I'm not going to play bass um, because I'm going to be producing the show. Uh, and probably once in a while, I'll get on and I'll play. But, uh, but you're not going to be part of the house band. Not going to be part of the house band. Yeah, I want a, a bass player, and I know who I want. Um, and I just haven't talked to him yet. But I was told that he would definitely be down for it. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I I get with uh, Nate tomorrow, and and hopefully have a good idea of, of a location, at least have some, some choices or have one that we can lock in. Um, I really want to kind of get rolling on this. And uh, once I do that, I'm going to contact the bass player. E- e- I think even if we don't have something locked in, I'll contact the bass player tomorrow. But uh, again, yeah, I believe he's he's going to be down with it. So I'm going to have a killer band um, as a house band. Nice. And... Uh, it's 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 I'm getting chills just talking about it now. For me, it's it's a fun project, and it's something that I think will benefit a lot of people. Um, the musicians of New Orleans, the the people that are music fans around the world. I'm going to sh- call the show live from New Orleans, and everybody will prime it. Will will recognize that New Orleans is a uh, a town that's rich in music. Everybody knows that, so that's um, something I think would appeal to people. And having a theme each week and really to show the versatility of New Orleans because everybody knows New Orleans as the jazz and Cajun music historically, um, but there's a lot yep. more. Uh, there's a lot more to it, you know. I played in a rock cover band. There's a lot of people like that here, um, so I really want to kind of explore all of it. And and I know, actually personally know, uh, one of the guys in the the New Orleans uh, Preservation Hall. Jazz band, which is the the band here in New Orleans that that represents New Orleans around the world. They'll go and play on TV shows or in parades, or uh, they you know they, they headline Jazz Fest. You know they are the band, and I actually know one of the guys very well in that, so I can get them on my show. You know I can get, and once things like that start to happen, it's going to get word of mouth quickly. I think. I think. I mean, that's my hope. That's my vision. And then I could get, you know, top-notch people, uh, um, pro musicians on there, uh, people that people, uh, players that people know, because there's a lot of musicians, professional musicians that are from New Orleans. So, um, you know, include that too. And, and I think it's, I think it's a win all around. And it, it's, it, I'm excited, I'm very excited about this. Um, it's kind of been developing and building for a few weeks, as you know. Yeah, no, it sounds like a, a very viable idea. Yeah, I think so. Especially now, the cold winter months, people are home, more people are home, and, and people are really clamoring for that live music experience. So I want to kind of try to capture that as much as possible, uh, that feeling, you know, what it feels like. Uh, as as visceral as I can get with video, um, I want to get. And people now have the, the big screen TVs, anything on the internet generally or, or YouTube or whatever you can watch on your big screen TV. And you, it's almost like being in a movie theater And for some people that have the, the huge TVs anyway. Um, 
and uh, and really kind of deliver that and, and help out the musicians in New Orleans and and also give back to something here, some sort of music charity, something maybe in New Orleans. I haven't decided yet, but definitely make that a part of this. So sell tickets and give a percentage to uh, something that's going to help out the community. So I'm psyched, dude. I'm really psyched about this. Awesome. Yes. Um, so that was a quick hour and uh, a fun one, too. Um, yeah. I hope people are out there are, are staying safe. I know COVID is going nuts right now. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just do what, what you think is best for you and other people. Um, but we need, do need to get through this and uh, support each other and stay positive. Have fun. Enjoy life. Life is still wonderful. Yeah. Get excited with the holiday season. Yes. Find what's wonderful in your life and, and focus on that because then it's more fun. Right? Life is more fun when you're happy. And you have a choice to be happy. And one way you can be happy is go to coverbandcentral.com and sign up for a free profile. It's free. You can do it for you, your band, or both. And uh, there's a bunch of other stuff on there, classified sections and uh, groups you can join. And it's just, it's in its infancy right now. So if you go in there, you're still going to be one of the first people to, to be like a part of the whole thing. And uh, it's just going to get huge uh, exponentially. You'll see 2021. We'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.